Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week I'm in the studio again flying solo Vic's out this week. He's got other things going on and wasn't able to make it in. So we're going to do our best to try to get you a good episode this week. It's always harder when he's not here. I love having him. And it's easier to have a conversation than it is just to to talk straight for 30 minutes. So, But if you all will bear with me, uh, Vic will be back next week. And I, I just felt like the Lord really had some stuff. Um, he wanted me to share this week. And as usual, it, it's coming from a place of introspection and looking at my own life and the places I need to to grow and change and hopefully sharing those with you or you know resonate with you and hit upon places in your life maybe where you see the same thing or or uh, brings to light something that the Lord wants you to see in your own life so that's what we're going to be trying to do here again today as always this show is an everyday show for everyday Catholic folks you know it used to be mainly men but man there's a lot of women that listen now too and we appreciate all of our listeners and our watchers now on YouTube. If you haven't had a chance to go and and subscribe to our YouTube channel, please do. You can just go to YouTube and search just to get on the pew, and you can find our channel. And now you can watch all our episodes uh, as opposed to listening to them, or you can do both, or you can pick your favorite. (laughs) I'll leave it up to you. But anyway, before we jump into the show today, I just want to give a shout out to Holy Family in uh, Jacksonville, Holy Family Parish in Jacksonville, Florida. It's where I was this weekend, and man, we had a great mission. There's tons of men and women there. Just had a great time with everybody. Um, you know, had a good crowd for sure, and it just was a great group of guys. I mean, I've been walking with these men and these leaders, especially you know Chris and Steve and some of the other guys. For months, you know, for four or five months leading up to this mission and this men's group launch. And I got to tell you, when I showed up, uh, my flights messed me up. I wasn't able to get there Friday night like I was supposed to. So we kind of had to put everything into Saturday morning and change plans a little bit. But man, when I showed up Saturday morning, they had followed all the steps that we talk about uh, up until the event. Uh, I'd had multiple Zoom calls with those guys. They had a flyer with three months worth of activities of fellowship, worship, formation, and service. I mean, it was just, they did everything that we asked them to do. And then we had the training after the, uh, after the mission. And I think there was north of 20 guys in the room uh, that we went into the, the more uh, in-depth training and talking about while we were there. And I just know that they're going to have a great group there. In fact, they had several different men's ministries that were meeting and doing different things. And now because of this work and, and working together and, and utilizing our ministry, we've helped them gel all those different things into one group for all ages and all men. And it's going to be something magnificent there. So I wanted to say thank you to Chris and to Father David and all of the folks there that welcomed us and gave us an opportunity to come in and do what the Lord has us doing, which is to help parishes build vibrant communities and life-changing groups for men. So thank you guys and gals in Jacksonville, Florida at Holy Family. Upcoming events, uh, we are going to be going doing our next Restored Parish Mission, August the uh, 11th and 12th at Transfiguration Parish in Marietta, Georgia. This is going to be another great mission. These folks we've been working with for months, they've got t-shirts, they've got all this stuff, they've incorporated 
something for all ages during the mission. And while we're doing the training for men, they're going to have training for women and young adults and all kind of crazy stuff. So they've really put a lot of effort into this event. Um, they've thought outside of the box. I'm looking forward to going to that. So it's for men and women, and it'll take place on that Friday night and Saturday morning. So I hope if you're in the Atlanta area, you'll come out and join us on the 11th and 12th at Transfiguration Parish in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, after that, our next event is the Denver Men's Leadership Summit. I'm going to be leading that out of the Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in North Glen, Colorado on August 26th. So if you're a guy in that area, you can just kind of, I think it's on Eventbrite, you can go and Google Men's Leadership Summit Dallas, or not Dallas, excuse me, Denver, and you'll be able to pull up the event. You can register. There is a fee, but breakfast and lunch and all that stuff's included. And there's going to be a bunch of men in the area that are coming out a lot of nights of Columbus guys and everything coming to support this and learning how we can help start groups and parishes in that area. So if you're around that Denver area, please come out and meet us and be with us. I can't wait to to see you there in, in Marietta, Georgia, or in Denver on the 11th in Marietta and on the 26th of August in uh, North Glen, Colorado. Finally, if you want to start a group, it's easy. Go to our website to get started. And just now on our main page, it's all about men's ministry. So you can click any of the links that say start a group or learn more. You can fill out the form and Lindy, the lady that works with me or myself will reach out and talk to you. We can start the process. We can do the first initial call, see if it's a good fit. If it is, then we certainly could come in and help you. And we'll help you for months in advance and for months after the mission. It's not just about coming in and giving talks. It's about doing the work on the front end to establish why we need this, what it's for, to get the team of men and the leaders there on board and then help them see the plan. They're a part of the mission when we get there. We do the training and then I'm always here to support them afterwards. So if you're looking to start something for men, if you want a place where you could take off the mask and find authentic friendships and a real relationship with Jesus Christ, then then just reach out to us on our website at justaguyinthepew.com. That is justaguyinthepew.com. All the links are right there. Also, if you want to become a monthly supporter, which I highly, uh, humbly ask you to consider, uh, it's what allows us to continue to do this work around the country and to put out these podcasts and to to help people the way that Jesus has called us to help them to be these modern day St. Paul's, uh, to go out and to start community where there's not community for men. I've seen it transform parishes. When the men rise up, the women rise up, the children rise up. And the parish becomes what it's supposed to be, a community, a family for all of us to belong to and for all of us to find the healing and the love of God that we're looking for in our lives. So if you want to do that, if you want to help support something that's changing lives in the church and helping men become the men they're called to be, then consider becoming a monthly supporter of ours. I don't care if it's $5 a month, a dollar a month, $500 a month. Every bit of it helps, and it allows us to continue to do the work that God has put on our heart. So there's two ways you can become a monthly supporter. You can go to our website at justaguyinthepew.com. Again, justaguyinthepew.com. And there's a button up top that says support. You can click that online. You can use Venmo. You can use Apple Pay. You can use credit cards, whatever you want to do. There's also an address there if you want to write a check and send it. Uh, you know, you could do that as well, too. The other way is to go straight to www.donorbox.org. That's www.donorbox.org slash pew, P-E-W. 
So www.donorbox.org slash pew. There you could choose. It's quick and easy. You could choose monthly, annually, whatever you want to do. But the monthly support is what allows us to continue to know what we've got to work with. It's allowing me to hire the staff that we need and the people that we're bringing on so that we can grow this ministry and reach more people. So to those of you that have been helping us monthly, thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, it's what allows us to do what we're called to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to support us again, you can go to those places I just mentioned. Please consider doing so and help allow us to continue to do the work that the Lord has asked us to do. So that's all that out of the way. Thank you again for listening to that. And I want to jump into really uh, the weeds and the wheat. You know, if you were at at Mass this last Sunday, which hopefully you were as a good Catholic, then you know that was part of uh, the readings for this past uh, Sunday's uh, Gospel, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And you know, I'm going to read it here in a second, but I always kind of looked at this parable as good and evil. Like, oh, you better be good. You're going to be saved. And if you're bad, you're just going to be tossed out and thrown into the fire. And we hear that a lot in scripture in different ways. But I'm going to read this now. And I want you to just be open to a different perspective. You know, Father Gallagher at my parish talked a little bit about this. This is kind of the first time as I was reading through this that it really opened my eyes to to more than just good versus evil and all that stuff. There's more to this parable than uh, what you may gather at your first glance. So I want to go ahead and read it, and then we'll dive into it a little bit. So this is from Matthew 13. It says, Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat, and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, The weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning but gather the wheat into my barn. Now he goes on through other parables and everything in that gospel reading from yesterday. I mean, today's Monday when I'm recording. This will come out tomorrow on Tuesday. But I just want to talk about that first part. And again, I always thought it was just sort of about good and evil and the righteous and the unrighteous, the the punishment of of the unjust. But it's just not that simple. I mean, honestly, folks, when you read into this, it's more about patience and prudence. You know, you see that the servants wanted to tear the weeds out immediately, right? They, they almost were, were frantic, and, and, and they almost sound worried and nervous and afraid. And, oh, my gosh, if we get out there and tear out the weeds, they're going to ruin everything, and they're going to they're mess up all that's good. And you can hear in their voices as they say that, like, oh, my gosh, like, when did this happen, and how did it happen? And did you not put out good seed? Like, even blaming the, the farmer at first, right? Is this, this is your fault. Did you not, did you not, you know, play God right? (laughs) And sometimes we could do that in our life, but then we see this just anxiety that comes up in them. And sort of as we talked about last week on the episode, you know, we can get preoccupied and worried about things and forget to choose the better part, uh, you know, and, and lose our focus on Jesus and what he wants and what God, the father wants from us. And again, in this parable, we see the same thing, like the servants who are us in the parable, we start freaking out. And we can do that very easily when we see all the bad things in the world. I mean, I live in Memphis, and my gosh, I think there's been 9,000 cars stolen already this year. There's been you know, murders. There's been all kind of crime sprees. And it's very easy to, to, to look at that and go, we just need to 
to, to you know, round up all these people and execute them or throw them in prison for the rest of their life or, or do all these things. And, and don't get me wrong, there, there are evil people in the world. There are people that have, have been so uh, taken by evil and by, by anger and all these things that, that, that some of them probably are irredeemable. But that's some, not all. And what happens here is in this parable is we see the servants, us in this life, we rush to this judgment and we rush to 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 wanting vindication and in, 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 in this ripping out of weeds, you know, right? It was just get rid of this before it ruins everything. And the thing is, we 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 do need to call out evil in our life. We do need to be light of the world and salt of the earth, as Jesus called us to. But judgment is not our job. It's the job of the master, right? And that's what the master winds up saying is, is he, he, he starts to, he wants to wait, right? You, you hear the master of the parable go, no, 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 let's wait. Wait till the, the end, wait till the harvest. And I want to read what that part says again, because uh, this is what he says to the servants after they're freaking out and they're worried. And, and again, that's how we can get in this life and in this world where we just start going, where are you, God? What's going on? Do you not see all this evil? And do you not see all this stuff? And we can get so preoccupied with that. But the master in the parable says this. It says, then the servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until the harvest time. Here's the thing. He's right. Like if you know anything about farming, I mean, if you just go out there and you grab a handful or whatever, you're going to be ripping out, you know, your plants and all those things too. My dad's, you know, a farmer. He's, we've got land down in Mississippi and he grows a huge garden and it's easy to, to let the, if the weeds grow up around the tomato plant, for instance, when it's small to reach in there, grab a handful of everything and jerk the tomato plant out. And this is what God and the master in the parable is saying is like, no, 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 let it all grow together and then we'll sort it out, right? We'll sort it out later. And and the thing is, this is again like us. We're we don't we don't want to be patient. We don't want to be prudent. We want, you know, we want to be able to go in there and just rip the stuff out now. And we're so quick to rush to judgment and, and we forget all the while the mercy and the kindness that has been shown to us in our worst times. Like that's the thing. Like, sometimes even even us as we've been converted, I find myself uh very different than I was at one point in my life, still rushing to judgment of other people. You know, sitting here and thinking in my mind and my heart or even out loud, you know, what should be done to someone for something they've done? And it's very easy of us to try to slide over into that seat of judgment, which belongs to God and God alone. Um, you know, if we if we rush to judgment, then then if we're too quick to pull out the weeds, then we cut off the opportunity for repentance and change. Well, that that's the real point here that I want to make is like we could concentrate on this parable the way that a lot of us probably already have is is just you know it's good versus evil uh, you know there's going to be judgment one day and the and the and the weeds are going to be thrown into the fire and the wheat is going to be in in the kingdom of heaven forever right and that's what Jesus says in the parable and that's truth but here's the thing like we can't miss in all of this the call for mercy the call for patience the call for prudence uh, that we see in here because. Here's the thing, if weeds were immediately pulled out, then none of us would be able to say, I was once lost and now I'm found. That's what I want people to understand here. And that's what the Lord has shown me over the last couple of days. You know, it's just, man, we we could be so righteous and self-righteous as Christians sometimes to go and point out the evil in everyone. 
I mean, we see it when we read the Gospels. I've talked about this before. Like when we when we get to to Easter and we're reading through the Passion of Jesus, and we we get to the part where we know Judas is starting to betray Jesus. We can feel that anger and that judgment and that hate and that vindication we all want, like welling up within us for Judas. You know, we we just feel that. But at the end of the day, Jesus loved Judas as much as he loved you or me or anybody else. Right? And while Judas failed to repent, and that's why he wound up hanging himself and and is probably in the wrong place right now. I mean, I, I don't know all those things, but you would assume that. It, 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 we we have to remember that like there was still an opportunity for him to repent. He made a wrong choice, and at the end, he was part of the weeds. But but Peter is the other side of that coin, who also uh, who also betrayed Jesus, but yet he had a chance to repent and became our first pope and became wheat. Right? I mean, that's a great example of somebody right there that that once could have been looked at as a weed. But Jesus said, no, be patient, gave him another opportunity. And then Peter took that opportunity to repent and then became wheat, right? And, and, and went all the way to his grave, preaching the name of Jesus Christ and converting, what, 3,000 people the first time he opened his mouth after he received the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The first time he walked out of that, that upper room. And so that's what I'm saying. Like when we're so quick to judge and rush, like we look past the potential for good in people. And it's not our job to do that. In fact, our job is the opposite, is to see past those things, to see that people are wounded, to see that people are hurt, to look past the ugliness of things that are coming out, but to look at them the way, honestly, that God looks at them. And it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible to go back to to when we look at judgment or us trying to take the the seat of judgment. And that's why, you know, today I call, I'm going to call this episode, Don't Be So Quick to Judge is because we are quick to judge. But if you go back to 1 Samuel, um, and this is 1 Samuel 16, 7, there's a verse there that kind of talks about this. Samuel has been sent by God to Jesse's house, the father of David, to to find the new anointed, right? The one that's going to be the king and anoint them uh, in the name of God. And so Samuel gets to David's house and he pulls in all of, of Jesse's children and they're all these big strapping, good looking guys and and David's out tending sheep. And then all of a sudden Samuel's looking and like, surely this must be it, you know, Eliab or whoever. And he looks at it and goes at him and goes, this must be him. Look at his stature and his muscles and all this stuff. And finally God says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this is where we get in so much trouble is, is we spend too much time looking at the outward appearance of people and we never give them the chance to be different. Right? We never give them the chance to, to, to be something other than what we see on the outside. And as I said, you know, a lot of times I speak about wounds and hurt, and a lot of people are living out of those things. Drug addicts and alcoholics and angry people and all of these different things that we may see, and we're so quick to judge and say, yep, they're, they're weeds. Pull them out. Get them out of here. They don't deserve a second chance. Right? They don't deserve anything better than that. That's who God was talking about. That's the evil ones. You know, I remember there was a trial a couple of years ago. I don't remember what it was about, but it made the news where this young man, I think his brother had been murdered or someone in his family, and he sat on the stand, and and he's given his testimony, and he could have he had a moment there to condemn this guy who killed his family or killed his brother, whoever it was. But I remember on the news, the guy got up and he asked the judge if he could hug the person, right? If he could hug the person that killed his brother or mother, whoever it was. And the country almost stopped for a second. Because it, 
it is so unusual to see that sort of mercy. I mean, someone who had a loved one ripped away from them, instead of coming down with the sword, came down and reached down with a hand of mercy. And that's what we're called to do as Christians. And it's so hard. And we fail so often at it. But but my brothers and sisters, we have to try to see as God sees. right? We have to look into the heart of people and, and not just judge and move forward and condemn people and write people off because of what we see right in front of us. Because honestly, no one deserves to be judged at their worst, right? No one. And, and, and my God, if, if all of us were, we wouldn't be here. We would be, if, if we were just let loose like the servants wanted to be, I mean, many of us would not be here right now, right? We, if someone hadn't shown us mercy, if someone hadn't loved us through those mistakes and those failures and those faults. So that's what we have to do for other people. We've got to be able to, to be more like Jesus, that's what he calls us to be each and every day in our life is to be more and more like him. And so this is what we have to concentrate on this. And, and look, there's plenty of more examples of men that, that were once weeds that turned out to be wheat. I mean, first and foremost, look at St. Augustine, right? Here's, here's one of the doctors of the church. And in fact, he has a quote in here that I wrote down. And he says, um, he says those who today are weeds may tomorrow be wheat. I mean, those are the words of St. Augustine himself, and who better to say that than someone who was once a weed? I mean, here was a guy that was living a life of debauchery. Right? His mother was praying for him every day. He was out to just live a life of, 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 you know, of whoring and prostitution and all of these things. Right? He was, he was running around and sleeping with all sorts of women. He had a child out of wedlock. He you know, he, he said things like, God, give me chastity, but just not yet. I mean, these are things that, that he said, like in his heart, he wanted to be better, but he was having trouble overcoming his drunkenness and his debauchery and all these things in his life. But at some point through his mother's prayers and through not giving up on him, God converted his heart and he became one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. I mean, this is, this is what I'm talking about here. If, if somebody had been quick to judge him and just pulled him out, we wouldn't have some of the greatest gifts of the church, Augustine's confessions, all of these things that we have today. You know, you can look at, at, at my boy here. You know, if you're watching the video, I've got a statue of him on my table, but, but our boy, St. Paul, you know, the patron saint of this ministry. Now, here's a guy that by all means, every Christian at the time probably would have looked at and said, he's wheat, he's wheat, I mean, he's weeds, he's weeds, get him out of here. Go, go out there with a sickle and cut him off at the knees, cut him off at the ankles, right? Get him out of here. Throw him in the fire and burn him. St. Paul was running around and dragging Christians out by their hearing, murdering them, right? This is who he was. But God saw his heart. Jesus saw his heart. And as he was going to Damascus to kill more Christians, Jesus knocked him off his horse and gave him another opportunity to be different, to change. And the, the course of history was changed. The spread of the gospel happened because St. Paul, who was once a weed, was allowed an opportunity to become a wheat to become wheat, right? And this is the thing. I mean, look, I, I am in no way comparing myself to those people, but here's the thing. I once was weed, terrible, terrible weed, like just a horrible person that treated my family in a way that they should have never been treated, that treated others in ways that they shouldn't have been treated, that was a selfish bastard, excuse my French, but just cared only about myself. And I I hurt so many people along the way, and did I deserve to be thrown into that fire? Yes. But here's the thing. Angela, my loving wife, 
who I wish was in here. She's not. She's at work. But but Angela could have pulled me like a weed and discarded me, but she didn't. I mean, all of you are listening to this show because she chose to love. She chose mercy. She chose the harder path, the path of a true Christian, right? To see into my heart and, and to listen to the vows that she made God made to God in the church that day. You know, I was sitting there this past Sunday in, in my church at Holy Rosary, and you know, we were at 1215 Mass. It's not usually the Mass we go to. Uh, it's a less, you know, lesser attended mass. It's later in the day. We like to go to 1030. But some people that are very close friends in my life, uh, Mark and Amy, I won't share their last name, but people who listen to the show here in Memphis and go to Holy Rosary will know who they are. But I, I looked over and I saw them, and they've been very involved in my journey. And Mark's part of our men's group. Amy has been one of the greatest people that ever reach out. She's randomly reaches out sometimes in my life and tells me, you know, how much she appreciates my family, myself, the example we're trying to set those things. And they've always walked with me. They support the ministry, all those things, monthly and all of that. But I looked over and I was wondering, and maybe this was a selfish thought, but I was like, the Lord was really speaking to me about how he'd done this for me in my life, about how he had been patient and prudent with me, and and that now he's allowed me to become wheat, or at least I'm still trying to become wheat, and how it's, it's helped other people become wheat in the process. I've shared testimonies on here before of, of people that listen to the show and how they've wrote, wrote, you know, written in and, and said how much their lives have changed or what it's done for them or these groups that we've started. And, and I just, you know, it's funny. I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if Mark and Amy are, are thinking about, you know, the situation they've witnessed where weed has become wheat here in my own life. And sure enough, last night, I get a text from Mark, and I don't think he'd mind sharing this, but he said, hey, weed. Yeah, I mean, at least once once somebody who was a weed, I thought about you in mass today, and thank God for Angela not pulling you like a weed. And I was already thinking about this podcast, and it was just like a, a hug from God saying, this is something I want you to talk about. And Mark made a great point, right? And, and that's the thing is is I wouldn't be here right now on this show if it wasn't for somebody who 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 showed mercy in my life, my wonderful wife who loved me and and gave me a second chance. And how many more people out there? How many great saints? How many how many people that could could bring thousands of people to Jesus are out there that we we could quickly condemn for the way they're behaving right now in this moment. Maybe you're a person that's listening to this in your car or working out or doing yard work or something and you're thinking about, man, I've been trying to change but I'm no better than weeds. That's not true. We all have an opportunity for change. We all have an opportunity for, for conversion. That's why Jesus Christ came to this earth. And it's why he sends people like our priests and our sisters and people like me and, and other you know lay people out there that are working every day in parishes and in, running youth groups and adult ministries. And, and he sends people like you. They're listening to this to better yourself so you can better others. That's this is why we why why it all is here, why we all matter, is because there are more weeds out there than there are weed at this time in history. And we need more people that will go out there and gently cultivate the wheat instead of ripping out the weeds. Because this is this is the thing behind it all. You know, the the this is the thing behind it all is that we've got to give people a chance to be different. And, and, you know, in the Magnificat, as I was reading through this, there's always reflections after the after the readings each day. And there was one from Father Simeon, who was a Trappist monk. Um, and I was reading, this is what he said, in the difference between the way God sees and the way that we could see. He said, rather than becoming obsessed like the workers, the, the, the harvesters, with the presence of evil, the master does not think that the power of the weeds to choke is superior to the power of the wheat to grow and thrive. 
This is where our hearts have to go. This is where our minds have to go. We really have to start believing that the that the weeds don't have more power than the wheat, right? That that this evil that we can see in the world doesn't have the power to overcome the good. And that we have to look at people's hearts and see the same thing. That while we may not agree with, you know, enjoy, receive the, the things that people are doing, we have to be able to look past that and go, there's hope for them. And maybe part of that hope is me entering into their lives and helping the wheat that I've become surround that wheat and turn weeds and turn it into wheat. It's hard to keep saying weed and wheat. You get them backwards. <laughs> But here's the thing. It's not our job to play God. The seat of judgment is not our seat, folks. It's not our job to play judge, jury, and executioner of our brothers and sisters. It's our job to trust God with that. That's all I'm trying to say today is that we need to look at this parable and the the way that we live our lives differently. That it's not just as simple as good and evil and write them off and the good go here and the bad go there. Jesus Christ came and he said, I came not for the righteous but sinners. What does that tell you? That he is, is every bit as or more concerned with sinners than he is the righteous, right? His concern for the righteous is to turn back and strengthen your brothers, to strengthen your sisters. And that's what each and every one of us are called to do. And guess what? When you start doing that, your life will, will bring meaning. You will find purpose. You will find joy because you're serving in what God has called you to do. We talk about that so much on here. But we have to trust God with the, with the judgment part. Our job is to look past the things that we don't like or that we don't agree with in people and see the potential for more. To see that seed of wheat that's sitting there being choked out by weeds and help to then go in there and help that wheat grow. We need to be patient with people. Instead of rushing to judgment and condemnation, we need to concentrate on the work the Lord has given us. The work of sharing the gospel and calling others to repentance and a relationship with Jesus. In a word, my friends, we need to do for others what Jesus has done for us. Right? Never forget what has been done for you in your life or what Jesus might be doing in your life right now. Do not be a person that is quick to turn. You know, there's another parable about the servant and the talents and, and, and it, uh, it, the, 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 the father shows him mercy or the owner shows him mercy. And instead of extending that mercy to someone else, he goes and chokes and beats a servant and has him thrown in jail. Right? Don't be that person. Don't forget what's been done for you. Don't forget that there's someone who could have judged you who chose not to and instead chose to love you instead. That's what my wife did for me. That's what Jesus Christ more importantly did for me through her. And that's what he's going to do for you or has done for you. So we have to extend that same mercy to others. So how do we do that? That's what I want to talk about here now. So one, we need to remember that Jesus didn't give up on us. We can't give up on others. What I just said, right? Reiterating that again, Jesus didn't give up on us. We cannot give up on others. The people in your family that are not living the faith, the people at your work, the people that are difficult in your life, the people that you see on the street that's, that's, that live in a, a worse hell than you could probably ever imagine. Don't give up on those people. Instead, reach out that hand of mercy and try to be the guide that turns them from weed to wheat. We need to be patient with people. Right, So quick, if we don't get the, the results we want immediately in evangelization or, or somebody doesn't turn and come right back to the faith, we flip out, we get angry, and what's the matter with them? Why aren't they doing it right now? And we give up, we throw our hands, and we walk away. Jesus didn't do that again to you. Don't do it to other people. Be patient and be prudent. Three, we need to remember that God is a plan and we can't see it all. Right? We don't have the luxury of seeing all of time and, and the, the string of someone's life and what point they're on and where they're going to wind up. 
So we need to remember that God has a plan, that he's the judge, and we aren't. And to trust him with that plan and play our part in it as he calls us to play our part in it. We need to pray to the Holy Spirit to help us move from judgment and condemnation to mercy, forgiveness, and a desire to help weeds become wheat. Right? We hear that in in uh, the readings from Sunday, the first reading. It's from Romans 8.26. It says, the Spirit comes to aid of our weakness. So look, in the places where we feel weak, where we're, we're, we're being called to judge, or we're not being called, but where we feel we're supposed to be judging, or we just happen to catch ourselves judging, call on the Spirit, because where we're weak, the Spirit can aid us, as Romans 8.26 says. Pray that God can help you see the good in people and to see the heart the way he sees it. Right? The, the first reading from Sunday was from Wisdom, and it says, the just must be kind. Right, The just must be kind. So if you want to be righteous, if you want to be just, you have to be kind to one another. And that means looking at people the way that God looks at them. Praying that God can help you see people the way he does. And finally, folks, we need to remember that as long as someone is drawing breath in their body, they have an opportunity to have the Lord convert their hearts. As long as someone is alive, there's a chance for change to take place in their life. The question is, are you going to be an agent of judgment and condemnation? Or are you going to be the person that's going to be an agent of mercy and hope and love and be that merciful hand of God reaching down to them in their life? Don't be rushing around life with a sickle, trying to whack out all the evil things in the world. Look at it from a different lens and look to be a hand of mercy in a world that sorely needs it. So my brothers and sisters, again, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for giving to our ministry. Again, if you want to do that, you can support us at our website. If you want to bring us in for men's ministry and to help men become more men like we're talking about here, like we've talked about today, then consider bringing us into your parish. Consider having a mission, starting a men's group there. We can help you with all of that. Again, you can find it at justaguyonthepew.com. My brothers and sisters, let's take all this to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your great mercy and love that you show each and every one of us. Many of us were once considered weeds, but thanks to your patience and great mercy, we've had the opportunity to become wheat. Help us to see the potential for good in people the way you've seen it in us. And Father, whenever we find ourselves standing in judgment over others, remind us that you have not called us to judge, but to love and lead others to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.